Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by Paul Hoynes on the road in Kansas City. Paul, good to talk to you again. Same here, Joe. Same here, definitely. Well, uh, last road trip of the season, and uh, some of these uh, these postseason questions are starting to come into focus uh, as as we see it. Uh, we've we heard from Terry Francona uh, within the last couple of days. Uh, we're getting a clearer picture of what the starting pitching rotation could look like. Uh, I, Tito said Kluber and Carrasco the, the first two games. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, Joe. Uh, Kluber, Carrasco, games one and two at Minute Maid Park uh, against the Astros. Uh, then uh, it's kind of a jump ball after that. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he indicated a couple of days ago, he didn't really come out and say it, but, uh, he, you know, that Clevenger would start game three and then probably Bauer for game four. But, uh, you know, I think uh, the way they're looking at things right now, you know, they'll have Bauer and Clevenger available out of the bullpen for those first two games. And if either one of them pitches, uh, you know, the guy that doesn't pitch or doesn't pitch, you know, is, is pitched the least, could end up starting that game three. And then the other guy would start four. So uh, I think that's the way they're looking at it. And then, and then you know, if, if, you know, and we don't even know if they would need a game four, you know, one way or the other. And then if it goes to game five, then you bring Kluber back. What's the uh, what's the logic in in not just straight up naming one and then the other the starters in games three or four? Is it uh, is Tito just trying in his words trying to maximize his the number of players on the on the roster there? Yeah, I think that's it, and I think they they probably do have a you know pretty firm idea who they want to pitch in in game three and four, and I think they're just you know more than anything, I think he wants to wait until he. Uh, gets through these last uh, three games against Kansas City, make sure everybody is healthy, and then name then name his rotation. And I think, you know, I, I don't know if, how much strategy goes into it, uh, you know, as, as far as, you know, kind of playing the cat and mouse game with the Astros, you know, so they can't set up their uh, – their 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 offense, you know, a, a, a week in advance. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I'm pretty sure, you know, they've got their guys picked. Right, and and among the the pitchers, uh, the four in the rotation there that that we've talked about, uh, you know, obviously, uh, in, at least in this regular season, Kluber and Bauer were the ones that had the most success uh, against the Astros. Uh, Carrasco only faced him the one time, but but got uh, you know had a, had a real real nice pitchers duel on a Sunday night with uh, with Lance McCullers. Uh, Clevenger was the one that sort of sort of took lumps in 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 uh, in one of his outings. Um, are they trying to protect him there with this this shuffle, or is this uh, you know just trying to put your best guy out there the most number of times? Yeah, I think uh, you know I think like you said, I think they're they're trying to put their best guy out there a number of t- you know as many times as possible. Uh, I think you know they like the way Clevenger's been pitching lately, uh, and if and if I think if I remember that game against Houston, Clevenger was going along pretty good, and he ran, ran into that one inning. Mm-hmm. I think it was a six or seven inning, six six or seventh inning. He walked a couple guys, and uh, you know, I think uh, Tito may may have gone a little long with him, probably a little longer than than normal, and he got into some trouble there. Uh, so you know, I think you know. 
no matter how you look at it, I think they're in pretty good shape, you know, starting pitching wise. I wonder about, you know, Bauer, just how long is he going to be able to go? That's the question to me. And I think that's the guy they, they would, you know, kind of, you know, if, if you, if you were going to go with the reliever, let's say Kluber or Carrasco gets in trouble, you know, early, you know, that's the guy I'd go with and then, you know, kind of get two or three innings out of him, and then, uh, you know, go to the bullpen. Well, and we've, we've seen it over this last week with, uh, with Bowers, um, sort of rehab uh, outings here, major league rehab outings the last couple of times he's, he's opened the game or he's, he's pitched uh, an inning or two and uh, you've had Bieber and then Carrasco come in in relief. Uh, so they've been I- experimenting with that and all that. But uh, the thing that's going to, the thing that really stands out to me with, with this news from, from Tito from last week um, is that you're finally going to give your number one guy, your ace, the ball in game one of a series for the first time uh, in, 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 at least the first, the first game of the, the ALDS for the first time in, in three years. This will be his first time starting game one of the ALDS. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know how, you know, if there were – obviously there was something going on last year. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think they knew he wasn't 100%. You know, they've never said that, but I don't see any other reason why you start Bauer in that game and, unless, you know, they were so dead set on bringing Bauer back on short rest. but. It's still well, – I'm not going to get into that because it, <laughs> it still drives me crazy that, that they did that. But, uh, but I think, yeah, you know, uh, Kluber is set. You know, he's going for his 21st win, not tonight, but uh, uh, Saturday night. And, uh, you know, he'll be in good shape there. He'll have the extra day. You know, I think, uh, you know, he'll you – know, he's scheduled uh, – he'll, schedule, he'll, he'll pitch Saturday – then uh, he'll pitch uh, uh, October fifth, which I believe is Friday in Game One. So he'll he'll be well rested. He should be. Uh, you know, I don't think you could want you want. He 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 he's in the he's in a, in a real good place to start this game. All right. Well, the real good place that you will be uh, on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday next week is Minute Maid Park in Houston to open the ALDS. Uh, the matchup against. The defending champion Astros, uh, as it stands right now, you know where should the Indians be the most concerned when it comes to facing that Astros lineup? You know, I think you know it's kind of a pick your poison lineup. Uh, you know, they've they're loaded. Uh, I, the only you know they've they've they, they have a lot of guys that have just you know that are just still coming round and back into shape. After being, you know, uh, you know, pretty long uh, stints on the DL, uh, you know, Altuve and Correa. Correa hasn't played for a little bit because of his back. He's being rested, but this is uh, this is a real good lineup. And uh, you know, the the thing that impresses me about uh, Houston is they don't stop. You know, they really they they're kind of like Boston in that regard. That you know they they're never out of a game, and uh, they keep coming at you. They, they'll score late. They can hit home runs. They can they can run the bases. They can steal bases, and uh, they, and you know you you team that up with you know you know the best starting rotation in in, in the American League and and the best bullpen in the American League, and that's a, that's a tough ticket to punch right there. Uh, for me, at least, ju- just looking at the one area is is Alex Bregman. He's had a lot of success against the Indians uh, in the last couple of seasons, particularly this year. And, and he's hot right now. He's been uh, among one of the American League's best players uh, in the last month or so. 
And I, in, in a lot of uh, what I'm reading and seeing online, the guys are, are talking about him ahead of even uh, Jose Ramirez in, in the MVP voting. And, and, you know, Jose's, you know, well-documented. He's, he's, uh, he struggled the last, you know, month or maybe even a little bit longer than that. And to see the consistency and the production out of Bregman at the top of that Astros lineup is, is kind of scary. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it is. I mean, you know, with Ramirez, you're talking about a guy that you just you, – you look at his numbers and they kind of blow you away. But like you said, you know, the last month and a half since August 15th, about, you know, he's really been struggling. And, and Bregman, you know, I, I, you know, a good way to look at it, I think, is, you know, Jose was the starting third baseman at the All-Star game, but Bregman was the MVP of the All-Star game. <laughs> so I think, you know, that's, uh, you know, so it's, it's a great matchup, you know, individual matchup. Of course, Jose's at second base now. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be fun matchup to watch. And Bregman, like you said, is having a great September. You know, I think uh, I'm, I'm not sure if he's still leading the American League in extra base hits, but if not, he's really close. I mean, and, you know, you saw him last year in the postseason, you know, defensively and offensively, just, uh, you know, he was one of the main reasons the Astros won the World Series. So, you know, definitely a great player. And that, that lineup is dotted with him. They, they've got it up and down the lineup. Where, uh, where in the Indians lineup do, do you see an advantage or do you see an advantage for Cleveland at any of the spots in the, in the Indians lineup? You know, you've got to like Lindor. You know, you got to like Lindor in the leadoff spot. Um, you know, I think he, you know, this is a guy, what, 36, 37 home runs, uh, leading, you know, over 100 runs, scored over 20 stolen bases, uh, close to, you know, over 90 runs driven in, extra base power. Uh, he can run. So that's, that's a big plus, I think. That top, you know, Lindor, Lindor, Brantley, uh, Ramirez, Encarnacion, uh, you know, Donaldson, we've seen a little, you know, some, you know, he had, he had uh, you know, like three hits last night. So that, mm -hmm. but I like the top of their lineup. I really do. You know, probably uh, the bottom of Houston's lineup is, is, uh, is a little more dangerous, but uh, you know, at least now you've got, uh, um, you know, you, you've got Cabrera down there, you've got Kipnis down there. They're starting to swing the bats a little bit. So that gives you, you know, that at least you can counteract that. But Houston, you know, Tony Kemp, those guys down at the bottom of the order, that's a dangerous lineup. All right. Well, you bring up Lindor. He's, I believe he's batting something like 093 uh, this season against Houston. Uh, they've really found a way to sort of hold him in check the way they've pitched him this year. And uh, I, I, you mentioned Donaldson. Donaldson has not played against Houston this year, but in his career, his numbers – uh, his numbers, particularly at Minute Maid Park, are sort of off the charts. Uh, I think he's, you know, his OPS at uh, Minute Maid Park is something like 900-something. Uh, so, uh, again, those are, you know, Lindor, they're going to need him to show up in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I um, mean, that's a big question, Joe. Lindor and Ramirez. You know, we, we, we remember what happened to him against the Yankees in the ALDS last year. What were they two for? I forget two for forty or something like that. It was a that you know combined. They did not do well, and so this is you know the, those two guys make this offense go. And you know, the, hey, it's it's time to show up right now. 
All right. Uh, well, yeah, again, um, last night there was the, uh, what could have been Josh Tomlin's last appearance with the Indians. Uh, started the game, uh, went four and, I believe, two-thirds, uh, gave up a home run. Uh, it was a typical Josh Tomlin, sort of a typical 2018 Josh Tomlin outing. Uh, but you know, this could be the last appearance for, uh, for the little cowboy and, uh, you know, the longest tenured guy on the, in, in, with the organization, uh, you know, if, if this is his, uh, sort of swan song, what are you going to remember about Josh Tomlin? I just, re- just remember how, uh, always positive he was, uh, and how good he was, uh, with the media. Um, you could ask him anything, uh, you know, people were asking him last night, uh, you know, have you thought about this being your last start? And just, uh, you know, he was, he's a refreshing guy. He's, he's, he's a guy to me that, um, you know, I don't think anything was ever given to this guy. He was a low draft pick. You know, if you look at his, uh, you look at his career, he made the stop. He, he made, he didn't, he didn't skip too many stops or levels, I should say, you know, a ball, Double it. I mean, yeah, all the way up, he had to stop and prove himself every year, and he did. He got the most out of his talent. Uh, you know, and just uh, and I think he, you know, he's he, you know, I was, you know, when Cody Allen was talking about uh, the rotation uh, uh, several days ago, you know, I was surprised that he he named Kluber, you know, as leader, kind of, and you expected that, but he also named uh, Tomlin. He said those two guys set the example for, for the rest of the pitchers on the staff, especially the rotation. And I'm thinking, you know, Tomlin isn't, you know, this is a guy that hasn't, has made what, eight or nine starts this year. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, really been on, he was on the DL for over a month. He was kind of out of sight, out of mind, at least, you know, from the outside looking in, but obviously he wasn't. And obviously he carries a lot of weight in in the clubhouse. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think he will be missed if this is his last year if this was his last appearance um I think you know those kind of guys those are the kind of guys that you win with you know you don't necessarily you don't necessarily see it all the time on the field but uh you know I think every championship team has a guy like Josh Tomlin be him be he a position player or a pitcher uh those are those are the kind of the glue guys you know not the guys that are the super talented guys but those are the guys that kind of that 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 can motivate those guys with more talent. You know, they they you know I remember uh, uh, Andrew Miller during the uh, this was 2016 when he came over uh, from the Yankees and he he said I love to watch this guy pitch. This guy is throwing 86 miles an hour, 86 to 88 miles an hour. He's getting people out, and you just don't see that anymore. And it, it just uh, you know. I, I'm, I think that, you know, it says a lot about him and he just, he hangs in there, you know, and I, if, if this is his last year with the Indians, I, you know, I really think he's going to go pitch somewhere else and, and, uh, you know, at least have a shot to make another, some, some other people's roster. Uh, He sort of reminds me in, in a lot of ways, maybe, maybe not every way, but in a lot of ways, he sort of reminds me of Charlie Nagy uh, as, as that kind of, that kind of personality and that person and that, that leader, sort of that quiet leader uh, in the clubhouse. But, uh, you know, also, you know, Charlie wasn't a guy who, who could overpower you with, with stuff. And he had, he relied on being sort of keeping you off balance and, and hitting the spots yeah. too. 
Yeah, Charlie. Uh, well, Charlie was a number one pick too. I mean, he right. he, had, he had more talent than than uh, than Tomlin. Tomlin, you know, I, and Charlie, you know, yeah, I think that's a good example. He was he was a younger guy in those veteran staffs with Hershiser and Martinez and I think Dave Berba and, and and you know a lot of those guys. And he, you know, he was you know the the kind of the guy in waiting. He eventually pitched himself into you know, the number one status, but, uh, and then, you know, at the end of his career, I mean, his elbow was shot and he kept pitching. And right. He just, there was no cartilage left. And, uh, I remember Charlie saying, uh, yeah, the doctor looked at it and he said, there's no cartilage in my elbow. And he said, go get him kid. He said, <laughs> he said basically saying, as long as you can pitch, keep pitching, but I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how you're doing it. Well, I, you know, another reason why I sort of try to draw that comparison is, is, you know, now Charlie Nagy's a pitching coach out in uh, in Los Angeles. So, you know, maybe at at the time, and I'm not saying it's it's anytime soon, but at the time, Josh Tomlin wants to hang it up. I'm sure there's a, a a job in some organization, you know, for a guy of of his sort of personality and 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 you know leadership qualities. I I can definitely see him catching on with a, with an organization, be it the Indians or somebody else, uh, as as an assistant or you know, something like that. Oh, yeah, I think definitely. I think he's got a lot to offer as a coach. I think the Indians would, would love to have him in the organization. And uh, I think uh, if if uh, if Josh, you know, thinks, you know, he's he's gotten the most out of the, his career as a pitcher is over, I think he would, he would love to work for the Indians. I think this is a guy, you know, you think of him and you think of the Cleveland Indians in the same thought, I think. Right. Well, uh, and, you know, whether or not Josh Tomlin makes the postseason roster is, uh, is a question that will be decided in, in the next week or so. Uh, what are your thoughts on the postseason roster uh, this year? Uh, there's, there's a couple of questions. I think there's a, a couple of sort of, uh, I want to say, position battles. But uh, you, you look at uh, a Raja Davis and, uh, and a Greg Allen and you, you wonder, you know, where where these decisions are going to come down to, uh, and and that could be one. Uh, any any others that 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 jump out at you? Yeah, that's a good one, uh, Joe. Because I mean, they both kind of do the same thing. You know, Allen's obviously a, a pinch hitter, probably at this stage of his career, better defensive player. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking about you know, uh, last year they went with eleven pitchers and. Uh, You've got four lefties that have pitched really well, you know, in uh, Tyler Olson, uh, you know, of course, Miller's going to make it. You've got uh, Oliver Prez is going to make it. And uh, I'm trying to think. Brad Hand. Yeah, Brad Hand. And those, so at least three of those guys are going to make it. And Tyler Olson hasn't done anything, you know, since being recalled not he's, to make it. He's been but, fantastic since they yeah. recalled him. So do you, would, would you go with four lefties? And I, you know, I, I haven't really studied the splits, how they do against righties, but I, I think you're going to have to, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a tough call right there. That really is. And uh, uh, the, uh, you know, so, but, 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 but you still need, what, where does that leave Ramir, Neil Ramirez and, and uh, you know, maybe a Tomlin, do you, do you keep him on the bullpen? Uh, Dan Otero's pitch better of late, you know, so you're going to need some right-handers too. So, you know, that, that's going to be an interesting, interesting, uh, uh, just an interesting situation on in how they handle that. Well, in a small sample size in, in the last, you know, two weeks, we've seen John Edwards come out of the bullpen and do nothing but yeah. strike everybody out. Exactly. That's another guy. 
another guy who, you know, d- does he come out of nowhere and make the ro- rotation? This guy's thrown, what, 96, 95 miles an hour? I mean, I watched him uh, Sunday night on ESPN. I watched that game on TV, and th- the Red Sox couldn't catch up to him. He was just throwing it by, by people. It was, it was really – it was interesting. Right, and it, it would not surprise me if they, if they kept him – but, you know, and told Olson or told Tyler Olson, hey, you know, things might be different in the if we make it to the ALCS, yeah. you know, stick around, something like that. Yeah. And these guys, you know, that, that's exactly right, Joe, because, you know, they're, they're going to have matchups in mind. You know, they're going to have when you get into the postseason, you, you, you might make a team because you've got good numbers against, you know, one, one or two guys, specific guys in that line in the opposing lineup. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, you know, I think that's a good point. And, uh, you know, so and, – and you're also going to have – you know, you're going to have at least one or two starters in that bullpen too, you know, you're, like we've talked about. Clevenger and, and Bauer, they're both right-handed. So, who knows? It's, it's, it's going to be it, – it's going to be a, an interesting mix, in, especially in the rotation. And we, we didn't even mention Bieber being in the uh, – Right. The for, uh, right, yeah, exactly. Know, that's that, another that's- guy. You see a lot of times with these these playoff games where the starter can only go two, three, four innings, and and you've got to bring in a guy for for two innings or more uh, in the middle there. And, and Bieber would be a guy coming out of the bullpen that I think would be a, a, a real weapon for for Francona because he throws strikes and he, you know, for the most part, it, you know, can yeah, he doesn't walk in a ball game, yeah, yeah, and so. Uh... You know, and, and uh, yeah, I think that's a part of the plan, too. So, you know, they've got they, – they really are uh, – you know, you, you hear uh, – you know, I was reading a story the other day that, uh, you know, some teams are going to use the opener concept in the postseason, maybe a team like Oakland, for instance. Mm-hmm. The Indians are kind of <laughs> – the opener fad is, is here, but the Indians are like old school in the fact they can have four starters that – that you know could you know could go into the sixth inning or seventh inning. They're more traditional that way. And I'm wondering, you know, and I would think if I if I'm a if I'm a manager or if I'm a, a GM, I like it this way. I, I I'm not I don't I I I, have, I run into problems when I'm trying to piece together you know a postseason game with a, an opener that's going to give me an inning or an inning and a third, and then we got to go to the starter that might give me four innings. And you know, so I think you know that. That kind of puts the Indians – I think that gives the Indians an advantage no matter who they're playing. And, of course, Houston's not going to use an opener either because right. they've got the best rotation in the American League. All right, let's uh, jump in and take some questions from uh, – submitted to Paul uh, online. Uh, Paul, what do you got for us? Uh, this is from uh, Andy Meese from Sandusky. Should, uh, Ron, should Ron Scahill, the, uh, from uh, the White Sox reliever, uh, who hit Eric Gonzalez on Wednesday night, hit him in the head, and also hit uh, uh, Brandon Geyer to start the eighth inning. Should he have been ejected from, uh, from that game? And, you know, I, Joe, I, I, I think that this was a bullpen game by the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would, they were using, you know, he, I think he was the seventh or eighth pitcher out of the gate. And I think, uh, I don't think, uh, there was no intention there. This right. is a, they're losing 10 to 2. Yeah, I, I I just think it was a bad pitch, and you know, thank goodness it looks like Gonzalez is okay. Uh, you know, he's in the concussion protocol. Um, I you know I don't think uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if he plays these last three games. Maybe he plays on Sunday, 
Uh, but, uh, you know, I, if you could sit and see Scahill's reaction, he was really upset. He, you know, he kind of squatted down on the front of the mound, put his glove, his face in his glove. He, this was not intentional. I, right. I, I don't think there was a message trying to be sent there by the White Sox, you know, in a, in a 10 to 10, nothing at the time, 10, nothing game. I don't think there was the message that was being sent was, Hey, we got a double a pitcher out here and we don't know where the ball's going when it leaves his exactly. hand. Exactly. Yeah, so. I think that's right. And I think if the umpires had, had suggest, seen any indication of that, you know, he would have been gone. And usually there is something before, you know, that, that something like nobody, nobody ever wants to hit anybody in the head. No, no, you know, even if you're sending a message, that's the last thing you want to do. But, but, you know, at the same time, the Indians will remember that that happened. You know, yes. they play him 19 times next season. And that's sort of a, hey, if you're going to run this guy out here who throws 98 and doesn't know where it's going, then, you know, you got to watch out too. So I, I, and again, we've seen, we've seen instances this season where, uh, you know, particularly with the the fellow down in Atlanta who got suspended for, for throwing a guy, uh, you know, that, that sort of culture is, is trying, they're trying to sort of, get rid of that in baseball, but it's always going to be there. That's right. The, uh, the players police themselves, you know, so, and then, you know, in the ninth inning of that game, you know, Oliver Perez did come in and hit, hit the leadoff guy in the white from the White Sox, but he hit him in the foot with some with a curveball. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, come on. That, what, I, what did I Frankie say? What did Frankie say earlier this year? He's yeah. like, you're going to hit me with a curveball, please. Hit me with a curveball. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, and then you got CeCe last – was it yesterday uh, – costing himself $500,000. Yeah, how about that? Going after a, a raise hitter. And, and that was legit. I mean, that was – you hit my guy, I'm going to hit you. And he did that on purpose. Yeah. I, mean, I think CeCe can, can do without that five hundred grand. He's made a lot of money in his career. That's not, but still. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a, you walk back to the dugout after that. If you, after you got ejected for that, knowing it cost you five hundred grand, your teammate's going to be, you know, hooking you up. Yeah, that's, you're the man when you do that. That's pretty good. Okay, uh, I got another one here, uh, Joe. Uh, should... Um, should Terry Francona rest Lindor and Ramirez? This is from Alan uh, Perko. And I think, I don't know, there's three games left. So oh, I think, I think uh, you know, I think they, they have got a couple days off. Uh, but, I mean, if, if you're not, I don't think it's going to matter. If you, you can take the, the next three games off. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if that's going to help you. And, and you've got four days off here coming up, you know, with uh, between the uh, – into the regular season and the start of the ALDS. Um, I think the one of the reasons I've, I've wondered not so much about Lindor, but Ramirez. And I think the reason they keep playing Ramirez, I mean, he did, he has had a couple days off and he's been taken out of some games early, but I think they're trying to get him going. He's got to hit his way out of this. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think there's, I don't think he can have too many at bats before the end of the regular season here. You got to get him all the, the opportunities you can. Exactly. You know, I think, uh, you know, and he doesn't want to come out of the games. I, you know, he wants to keep playing. He knows that as well as anybody that the only way you're going to get out of this thing is to keep swinging. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it just hasn't worked for him right now. He's, he's in a tough spot. And, you know, that's, you know, like we said before, that's a concern, definitely a concern. Uh, one, uh, one more from uh, Jim Regan. Um, 
he he wants he wants the Indians to keep Greg Allen in center field as opposed to Kipnis in the postseason. He wants he wants Allen on the postseason roster and not Kipnis. Now you know I don't know Joe. How do you feel about that? I I don't see them leaving Kipnis off the roster completely. I I think Kipnis is going to get a chance to start as pretty much all of the postseason games. And you bring Allen in as a defensive replacement late in the game after after three at bats or so for Kipnis, three or four at bats for Kipnis. You you bring Allen into the game. I don't uh, I don't think that changes from the way that Francona has operated for the last uh, you know three weeks or so. Yeah, and I, I think that I you know I agree with you. I think uh, Kipnis you know has hit his way back into uh, you know where he deserves to start in the lineup. I'm not crazy about him playing center field. You know, I think Allen is a better option, obviously. We saw that last night uh, against Kansas City where he made a couple plays that, you know, I love Kipnis, you know. Kipnis isn't making those plays. He's a second baseman. So I think we've got to take that into consideration. Um, But uh, I think it's, you know, this is is what they have. This is the team they have. There's no perfect teams out there. And I think if Kipnis hits – that's what they're counting on. If he keeps swinging the bat like he has, you know, he can, he's going to help them. And then, like you said, you get into a tight game in the seventh, eighth, or ninth, or extra innings, you put Allen in there, and Allen can help too. I mean, the guy's got 21 stolen bases already. So, you know, I, I think uh, it, this, is, this isn't a great situation, it's the, but it's the, best, it's the best situation that the Indians have available to them. And, and he walked off the, uh, the Astros back on May 27th, so – you know, yeah. it's, not, it's not like he can't hit in the clutch too, but, but you're right. If, uh, if Kipnis is in there and Kipnis is hitting, he makes the bottom of the Indians lineup more dangerous and he can turn the, the lineup over to Lindor and Brantley and Ramirez. And I, I think, uh, you know, you're going to need to see that in some of these games here coming up next week. Definitely. I, I think, you know, this is, you know, this is the kind of strategy that they've, uh, they're kind of wed to now. I don't think they're going to change. All right. Well, we're we're sort of heading into this uh, this middle week here. Um, obviously, the last three games in Kansas City, uh, you know, this weekend. But then after that, the Indians' uh, timeline is is sort of sort of coming into focus now. Uh, after Kansas City on Sunday, uh, what's the plan for Terry Francona? Okay, uh, they're going to have an uh, optional workout on Monday at Progressive Field. That's not going to be open to the media. Uh, Tuesday, they're going to have the, you know, the scrimmage or simulated game. Uh, and that, uh, you know, the locker room will be open. Reporters will come in. I still don't have all the details of that game, whether they're going to have fans, you know, whether fans can attend. You know, I know Terry Francona was t- kicking that idea around. I think there's some, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that have to happen to do that. You got to hire, you know, you have to hire security. You've got to, I don't know if they open the concessions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've got to have, you know, people to open the gates to, you know, so I, I, I'm not sure exactly where that is yet, but right. uh, we're going to have some kind of game. Yeah. A couple more thoughts on that. I, I believe there's a Justin Timberlake concert that night as well. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure. I believe so at the queue. Uh, so that might complicate things in terms of having a, a competing event uh, next door, even if it's uh, free or for charity or something like that. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I 
I can't imagine, you know, many of the players might want to go over and see Justin Timberlake. They might want to have a, a simulated game scheduled for earlier in the day than maybe later. Yeah, in the I think if, I think it would be. I think it would be around two or three. Yeah. Joe, they they play that game. Hey, my, maybe, my, maybe 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 Justin Timberlake could sing the national anthem. You know, Tito wants to make it as as uh, as close to a game a game setting as possible. There you go. Uh, you know, my thought on it is maybe maybe have it early enough in the day where you can. Uh, bus a couple of a couple of busloads of kids from uh, Cleveland City Schools in to sit in the stands and 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 watch. Well, that's a good idea. I mean, you know, and last they they bring their own chaperones. Yeah, and last year, you know, they had you know they had all the employees of Indians employees, kind of about a thousand people in the stands when they they tried to do this again. And so then, uh, oh, so you're they skipping, do you're skipping, you're skipping the best part. They, last year, they did the simulated game. They had. Cherney and Antonetti were, uh, were dressed right. up and in the field shagging fly balls. <laughs> and uh, Francona, Francona said, I think we're going to get some real athletes this year. So he took a <laughs> shot at those guys. <laughs> and then I think Wednesday, Joe, they'll have another workout. Then they get on a plane and, uh, you know, head to uh, Houston. And they'll work out Thursday at Minute Maid Park. And, uh, and then Friday it starts as game one. Well, that's uh... – that's it right there. I laid out uh, pretty much the, the schedule for the, the American League Central Division champions uh, going on the road for the opening round of the playoffs for the first time uh, in, in three years to, to start. Uh, the last two years, they've, they've opened the ALDS at home. Uh, this time, uh, they got to win one in Houston in order to force uh, a, a game four here back in, uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. You don't, they're only guaranteed one game here. Uh, at at progressive field game three so uh you know it's uh the best of five you know it's <laughs> it's it's a, it's better than the wild card but uh not a whole lot better you better be at the top of your game because you could be gone in a minute here or you know i mean not too many teams do do what the yankees did last year against the indians when you're down oh two and come back and win those last three games that's a that's a hard thing to do but certainly uh, the Indians have the talent. They up and down the lineup. This is a good team, and uh, it's probably a better team, you know. I think from a health standpoint, from a, uh, a you know a, a gist of you know you know Miller has come. You know, it looks like Miller is back in form. He pitched very well last night. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Donaldson has got got three hits. He looks like he's starting to get out of that spring training mode and starting to swing a little better. Um, you know, Kluber is back. Uh, you know, Carrasco's, you know, from the elbow thing is all, all, all the way back. I think, you know, the planning that these guys have made, uh, uh, you know, it's, it seems to be, have, everything has been geared to this, this point of the season, to the, to the off, to the, to the, you know, the postseason. And I think, uh, you know, where last year, you know, Brantley was, and, and, and uh, Chisenhall were, you know, were, were kind of, you know, really weren't ready to play, but they were on the postseason roster. Then Encarnacion gets hurt, and you know, uh, Brantley gets overexposed. I, I think they're in a little better spot than than they were last year, but they are facing a great team. It's it's uh, you know, there's no getting around that Houston. Houston is a, is definitely a, a very very good team. Well, to to be the man, you got to beat the man. Yeah. Isn't that the case? Uh, That's yeah, right. Chernoff, uh, Chernoff says, Mike Chernoff, the general manager, says they're trending in the right direction at the right time, uh, which, which, you know, sounds, sounds great. I think uh, 
like you said, last year there were a lot of – Tito said last year at this time they were clicking on all cylinders and then the, the season ended and there were all these questions and there was all this upheaval and turmoil. Now all the upheaval and turmoil sort of happened in the last two to three months and, and if they can be – if they can finish out these last three games in Kansas City and, and just get that little spark, I think – you know, the, the the worst part about next week is that they're not going to be playing games Monday through Friday. Yeah, and that's that scares that scares Frank Cohn. I think that scares most managers. You know, you you're, those and I think that gives a, the wild card team. That's why sometimes you see those these wild card teams. They have an edge. You know, like the the Yankees did last year. They they beat the Twins and they come right in and 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 you know survive a five gamer against the Indians and then take uh, Houston to seven games. You know, you, you don't stop playing, you keep the rhythm, you keep it, you know, you keep your timing going. And uh, so that's this, this little, this, you know, what uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that four game gap, four day gap is, uh, you know, something that teams, you know, really work hard to kind of, uh, you know, overcome. All right, that brings us to uh, the final three games of the season. Hoinsey, good luck out there in Kansas City. Get home here to Cleveland for, for next week, and we will see you at the ballpark at Progressive Field for another podcast next week while the Indians prepare for the American League Division Series. It should be fun, Joe. I think it's uh, – you know, I don't know. I, I go back and forth. You know, I, you know I, I was listening – I've been listening to some people think the Indians, you know, are the team to beat in the AL uh, – in the, in, in, in the American League. And then maybe so, – I think sometimes we, we're so close to this team that uh, you look at what they can't do instead of what they can do. And uh, some, I think that, that kind of influences your thinking at times. So it's good to get an outside perspective. But uh, outside perspective or inside perspective, it won't matter on October uh, 5th. That's, that's when it starts for real. And that's, uh, that's five games, five games to advance and, uh, you know, to, to keep playing. And uh, there's nothing more real than that. Looking forward to it, Paul. We'll talk to you then. All righty, Joe.